This is the Press Box. The last two days on our opening segments, there's two segments we have for the best of. Now, you're probably going to have to play them on a loop because there's not a lot of best of on the show. we got to pay attention during these times. With Grady and Bischoff. Up next, we find out if monkeys can bartend. On ESPN Las Vegas. High voice guy. High voice guy sending you off on oh Monday. Oh, my God. Ed, Tyler, Jared. <laughs> This has now become like a... Every time we play a promo, I'm just going to say it because is, people think I'm a high voice guy. Do people think that or do you think that? Well, if you're listening, you think that. Nobody, if not, else, nobody if, else has said if, that. If you're, you're the only one that's been critical well, of I mean, your own voice. We don't know what our listeners think most of the time. So. <laughs> Whoever's listening out there. Most of the time, there. they aren't thinking. <laughs> most most of the times, they're like, get to the giveaways. <laughs> at, this, at this hour of the morning. So, uh, yeah, high voice guy on, on that promo. I like, got to lower the voice. Every couple of weeks, you're going to be concerned about your voice. Yes. How long well, have you been doing radio? I'm I'm more concerned more than every couple of weeks. It's just when we play that, I'm more I'm even more concerned. <laughs> I think you've done radio enough. You should be over the whole my voice sounds weird thing. I mean, for God's sake, what's the one guy who all of his like all of his not feral? <laughs> like that guy sounds like a broken Taco Bell intercom, and he's done radio for thirty years. <laughs> I don't think anyone cares about the voice. Doesn't mean his voice is any good. I don't know that. Your voice is fine. Oh, uh, Take it from me. Always uplifting people. <laughs> the First Bite. The First Bite is still unsponsored, so it is brought to you by the Unnecessary Roughness Podcast. Does Steve Sisolak hate the A's? <laughs> what a headline by the New York Post. Like, the most misleading but still kind of not entirely false headline that you could possibly have where they had a story over the weekend that said Steve Sisolak, governor of Nevada, Steve Sisolak, may block the A's from coming to Las Vegas. It is unbelievably misleading, but the reason they were able to put that is because, according to their story, Rob Manfred, the commissioner of baseball, has signaled to Sisolak and the A's that he will not approve a move to Las Vegas unless Nevada provides some public funding for a billion-dollar-plus domed stadium. And Steve Sisolak, he came on this show last week and said the same thing. Steve Sisolak has said there's no appetite for public funding. There's no real reason that anybody would give the A's public money, which if if Major League Baseball says, hey, you can have the A's if you're going to give them some money, and Sisolak says no, then the New York Post turned that into Sisolak's going to block the A's from coming. What yeah. a headline. Well, let me ask you this. Who do you think gave the the story to the New York Post? <sighs> Major League Baseball. I mean, if baseball. I had to guess, Major League Baseball. <laughs> they wanted it out there that Sisolak is balking on public money, and they wanted it out there. So for whatever reason, they went to the New York Post. I have no idea why they went to the New York Post, but they did. And this is what Manfred wants out there, that they are demanding public money and Sisolak is balking at it. Now, look, there was, yeah, there were some points in there that that ring true. This is an election year, and the last thing a governor is going to say is that we, he's going to give public money for another sports stadium. What happens if he's reelected? What happens if someone else is reelected or elected? We don't know. We don't know what's how the tune could change. Maybe it doesn't change at all. You and I both hope it doesn't change because you and I both don't think they should give public money to this stadium or to this well, ballpark. To that billionaire. Worth, yeah, worth several billion dollars, John Fisher. Yeah. Um, The interesting part about the story, though, wasn't so much the phrasing of how Steve Sisolak is handling this, but it was more about the details here. 
while Manfred did not set a minimum for the public funding or public financing, insiders said it is believed to be in the range of two hundred and seventy-five million dollars. Insiders, long dash, Manfred, long dash, <laughs> said it's inside two hundred fifty million dollars, seventy-five hell out of here. million dollars. So. The Texas Rangers just built a new ballpark. They got uh, $500 million for a $1.1 billion stadium. Uh, Georgia and the Braves, their new ballpark, they got $300 million to move it out to Cobb County, Atlanta. So County 275 Braves. would actually be low. Normally, these numbers go up as time goes on, not down. Uh, but 275 would be lower than I think Major League Baseball would actually want here. But this is the interesting part about Major League Baseball and them coming to Las Vegas. And it's probably been the main point we've made over and over about any time there's relocation rumors with the A's in Las Vegas. If there's going to be public money here, then the A's might actually be able to move to Las Vegas. But as of oh. right now, there's been yeah. zero indication that there's going to be public money given to the A's. So anytime there's a relocation rumor about the A's, it's a useless conversation until we find out where or who is giving the A's public money. Henderson. <laughs> can Deborah March well, give money not, without Steve Sisolak? I think Deborah March can give money without asking anybody. <laughs> she didn't ask, ask her, her uh, constituents or whoever's <laughs> down there giving all that money for, uh, for sports stadiums. Um, yeah, I mean, and I don't. I kidded Henderson because I'm. It's not one of the plots of land we believe that they put offers in in the in the resort corridor. Um, look, I'm with you. I think I think from the beginning I believed it was leverage, and it's going to be leverage in my mind until we figure out the number. Yeah. And if you figure out the number, and someone's willing to give them almost through almost three hundred million, then leverage goes away, and it becomes a real possibility that they would move here. Um, I hope it doesn't happen, but again. I think they're going to get through the election, and then I think we're going to see if anyone's going to step up with public money. Well, by the time we get through the election, they'll probably have all their money from Oakland. Like, they've hit some speed bumps. They're getting sued by they're people sued, in Oakland. but Which happens a lot in those situations. By the end of the year, I think we're going to be a lot further along with their plan in Oakland and their Howard Terminal site than we are anything remotely close in Las Vegas. Here's the other part here that I found interesting from the New York Post story. They alluded to MGM as being against the A's coming to Las Vegas. Actually, they the, the way they wrote the story is they basically wrote it as MGM didn't want the Raiders to come here, and MGM had to be convinced that, hey, uh, people are going to stay at your hotels more than anybody else when the Raiders come, and MGM relented. But now this story is suggesting that MGM doesn't want the A's here, and the idea is that MGM owns a lot of Arenas, MGM has a lot of people that come to their casinos, that come to their arenas, and they don't want public money going to what would effectively be a competitor. Even though it's baseball and MGM doesn't have baseball, it's still going to be a 81-day-a-year competitor for your regular events. And then if they host any other oh, if they could host concerts, concerts or whatever. Or stuff like that, that's competition. And if you're MGM, and honestly, if you're any anybody that owns an arena right. here or stadium or whatever – you don't want public money going to a competitor. Right. If somebody comes in with private money, like we talked about the Oakview group and that potential NBA arena, I mean, you can't stop somebody coming in with their own money and, and building out MLS. Right. If they come in with private money and say, we're doing this. You, okay, great. Right. We got to compete with you, but you don't want the public money. And that's the fascinating part is how much say does like MGM have like, like, 
do they have enough has a lot of power in this town do they have enough say that like let's say there's the the ballpark in oakland stalls out and let's say sisolak gets reelected or whoever's the next governor decides you know what i got a few years before there's another election let's here does mgm have enough juice to basically say no Mm. we we don't want that team here we don't want you giving them 300 million dollars we don't want that so that shuts i mean mgm's powerful here I don't know if it has the juice to stop public money, but I think it would have a big say in what goes on. What about the Raiders? Well, they are not fans of the A's. Because I, I, I have to imagine the Raiders are sitting here saying... The Raiders would be on MGM's side. We'll leave it at that. You will not be giving that to your right. public money. Right. Which, that would be... By the way, that's that's actually what I want to have. I want this to get to some point where we're actually talking about public money for the A's and the Raiders give shoot it some down. sort of statement where they're like, you cannot give the A's public money and be like, hold on now. You guys just got 750 million and you can't give the A's 200 or 300. That's what I want to see. Cause that would be a great statement from the Raiders to see how they would try to word that to say, Whoa, you can give us money, but you can't give us money. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. There is yeah. not any there's not any goodwill or any good feelings between those two franchises. <laughs> so the Raiders may be very brazen in the fact that they would come out with a statement like that and back MGM. Yeah. It'd be, oh, yeah. it'd be it'd be hilarious. It but be. I mean especially if they came out and gave like reasons why you shouldn't give public money to the A's. Because all those reasons are probably going to be reasons you Go shouldn't give them Go back to those syntax meetings and say, right. hold on a second, hold yeah. on a second. We were there when you were begging <laughs> for public money. When you were arguing the exact opposite of all this. Yeah. I also hope we get to a point where some Nevada state senator is like, why don't they just play at Allegiant Stadium? That would also be a great conversation. <laughs> 60, would love that. That would be awesome. Yes. And so their average attendance can, would go from 8 to 12. Can you imagine the Raiders sitting around being like, wait a minute, the A's are now yeah. playing at this, at same this stadium? Old, same old. I'm 90% sure they built that so they cannot possibly put baseball right. in. I'm pretty oh, certain yeah. they built it. So there's zero possible chance that you could put a baseball diamond on that, but that would be incredible. And by the way, when we talk about public funds, when we talk about the best way to spend public money, A, it's not giving it to sports teams, but B, if you're going to build a brand new domed stadium in Las Vegas, we totally let the Raiders screw us over by not allowing baseball to go in there. You think because, it's domed if they build it? No, no, I'm saying the, the, the idea that the A's should be able to move to Las Vegas right now and play in Allegiant Stadium. Oh, so there's no public like money in that sense. Yeah, if you're looking at it from the Las Vegas standpoint, we have a brand new domed stadium. The A's should be able to play baseball there. If the A's want to move to Las Vegas, they should be able to play baseball there. But we allowed the Raiders to build it so that baseball can't be played right. there. We totally got screwed. Like this, the I mean, Las Vegas got soccer screwed. can't be played there. Either. Can't really. Yeah, they force it in there. But like we got screwed because that would be the best scenario for Las Vegas. You build one venue and get all the sports there. But that's not what's going to happen here because the Raiders hate the A's and the Raiders can't stand the thought of sharing it. So they can barely stand the thought of UNLV playing there. They make them play on Thursdays. <laughs> at 12 yeah. at night, midnight. They're like, oh, we play Sunday night. You guys are going to have to move your game <laughs> to, to Wednesday June. and June yeah. at 9 o'clock at night. So they barely like UNLV. And that was that was like a that's a law that UNLV has well, to play yeah, there. That was, I mean, I was at those meetings, and many of those legislatures said out loud, we're not going for this unless UNLV is right. involved. And Beyonce. And we still haven't gotten And Beyonce. have we gotten Taylor Swift? 
No. no. I hear Taylor Swift about a million times during those No meetings. Beyonce, no Taylor Swift. Just, but we got yeah. UNLV football. <laughs> Sometimes on a Thursday. All right, coming up next, the Golden Knights. Uh-oh, things are looking a little bit positive for them to actually make the playoffs. You're sitting in the press box with Grady and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Grady and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Are you optimistic? About our indoor football team? Not them. They <laughs> lost by 50. That did not sound optimistic in that sports update. I will say that at one point, the head coach, when they were building the Dollar Loan Center, looked up at the scoreboard and went, uh, you guys only got two things there. You're going to need a third, or at least the little thing that lights up as one. The heads are going to roll when Foley sees that score. Nighthawks lost 67 oh to 20. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Ouch. A lot right. of UNLV players on that team. Uh, that's, that Ouch. is accurate. The Golden Knights, though. They got a win. What the the Kings have lost a couple in a row now. The Golden Knights, they got a they got a shot, don't you think? You no optimism from you? Oh, a lot of optimism because oh, okay. Mark Andre Fleury's out there saving the That's Knights right. again. He's That's out right. there saving. Listen, them. George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon were looking into the future. Trade that bum away. He's going to go to Minnesota and save the season for us. Yeah, he's going to give up three goals on five shots and then shut him out the rest of the way. <laughs> they're calling. They're calling the Blackhawks of the Wild, and they're going like, I don't know, man. He was pretty good for us. Yeah, hasn't he been sucking lately? Yeah, you. <laughs> so right the, now, I mean, are you optimistic after? Well, look, at this point, you're chasing a playoff spot, so any wins, are hugely critical. Whether it's against Arizona or whoever else they're going to play. Well, thanks to the Kings' losses, the Golden Knights control their own destiny. We have not been yeah. able to say that for quite a while now. But if they win the rest of their games, they're in. They're in. No matter what, if they win and the rest of their nine games, nine left, they will catch the LA Kings because right now the Kings are two points ahead of Vegas. But the Kings have played one more game. We've we've flipped back the other way now, where other teams have played more games than Vegas. So if the Golden Knights were to win out and the Kings were to win out. Both teams would have the same amount of points, but the Golden Knights would have the tiebreaker, and that is regulation wins. So the Golden Knights control their own destiny. Now, winning nine games in a row in the season in hockey, and it'd be more than that because they're on a winning streak, that's unlikely. You're not very often going to win, rip off nine in a row, especially when you're going to uh, play three straight games in Canada in the Vancouver-Calgary-Edmonton trip here. But... Last week, last Monday and Tuesday, right? We were looking at it saying, all right, the Golden Knights might need to win seven of the last 10 because the Kings only need to win four or five of the last 10. But now it's to a point where there's a lot more pressure on the Kings. And if the Golden Knights can finish the season winning six of the last nine, they're probably going to have a legitimate chance here, depending on what LA does. They're also two points behind Dallas, but Dallas has a game in hand on Vegas. So that spot still a little less likely at the moment. As of right now, money pucks playoff odds, Kings at 78%, Golden Knights at 41%. So money puck is not counting on 9 and 0 down the stretch. They are not counting on 9 and 0 down the stretch, which is unfortunate for the Golden Knights cuz they could do that, right? 9 and 0, that's nothing. So, well, they're already on that one there it could, would be 10 and 0. That's right. Good point. Good point. It would be, be 10, 10 and 0. So, does Max Pacioretty's return make you more optimistic about it? Do you look at that and say, here, because here's the way I've looked at it. They defensively have most of their guys back, right? We're looking at like Nick Haig is the only defenseman who's not playing. Are they 100% health, healthy defensively? No, but they've got the guys back. And if you start looking at the forward lines on Saturday, it was Evgeny Dodonov, Jack Eichel, Nick Waugh. 
Jonathan Marshall, William Carlson, Michael Amadio, and Max Pacioretty, Chandler Stevenson, and Matthias Janmark. Yes, you're still missing Mark Stone. Yes, you're still missing Riley Smith. But you, you're getting closer to actually having almost all the names back that you would have in your top six and that you would have in your top nine if fully healthy. And I look at it and I say, talent-wise, there should be enough there to catch the Kings. Totally agree. That should I be totally enough agree. to catch the Kings. Yes. Will they do it? I don't know. Well, we don't know about that. But that's that should be enough talent yes. to catch the Kings. Like, if you told me that's the Golden Knight, if, if we were at the beginning of the season and you told me that's the Golden Knights lineup, can they be better than the Kings? I would say yes. Now, that's not a Stanley Cup contending team because no, we Michael wouldn't say Amadio's, they were running away from the Pacific Michael Division. Michael Amadio's on the second line. Right. But if you said that's your opening day lineup, can they be better than the L.A. Kings? I would say yes. The Kings are not exactly a good hockey team. I would say yes. And they've got nine games to prove it. Small sample size, but they got nine games to prove it. And Leonard's the guy. He was, he was pretty good uh, against Arizona. Gave up. I think the the goal he gave up, he probably was a little out of position because they passed it across the ice and he was nowhere near that when he probably should have been. But after that, he was very good. I mean, the Coyotes had three or four really good chances that he shut down uh, that probably should have been very high percentage chances or very high uh, danger chances for the uh, Coyotes there. But he was very good. And I've been asking this question to everybody we have on, how many games does he start the rest of the year? I think there's a legitimate chance he starts them all. I know they got a back-to-back in there, but I think there's a legitimate Ooh, chance he starts every really? single one of them. Really? You think he goes back-to-back? I mean, the, the thing is, the back-to-back is the second-to-last and the third-to-last games of the season. So, most likely, the Golden Knights are playing for a playoff spot in both of those games, right? They're, if they're in before the last one against St. Louis, you throw Logan Thompson the game? Yeah, sure. If Yeah, if they, if they clinch a playoff spot and before the last game of the season, then yeah, why not? Yeah. But it very unlikely that they play those second and third to last games of the season with a spot already clinched. Right, right. So in my mind, if if Robin Leonard is good until then, right, if they're still in the playoff hunt, obviously, and Leonard's been good for the next seven games now, they're going to start him back to back because they're that's that's the one time you look around and say, yeah, we should start the guy back to back because he gives us the best chance to win. He's the best goalie on the roster and we have to win this game to have a shot at the playoffs. We're not going with Logan Thompson for that game, especially if Logan Thompson doesn't play between now and then. Well, that's another thing. You can't, that's the best point. You can't throw him in, in a playoffs type game where you need to win. And the guy hasn't played for two or three weeks. That's not not fair to him. If we're talking like eight, whatever that would be 18 days without Logan Thompson having played. And And you're saying, Hey, "Hey, it's a back to back. We have to win or we're eliminated. No, go get him, Logan. You can't do that. Come on, buddy. (laughs) So I think, I mean, as long as the golden Knights are still playing for a playoff spot, I think Robin Leonard starts for them. They fall out of it or they clinch, then absolutely Logan Thompson gets in there, whatever. But as long as this team still has a mathematical chance to make the playoffs, I think Robin Leonard is the starting goaltender for the Golden Knights. And I think that includes starting him on a back-to-back. Because the other part of this is, like, all often, like, goalie rest and all that gets brought up and teams are doing a lot more to rest goalies throughout the regular season. They're looking at it saying it's sort of the NBA version of we want these guys to be ready to go for the postseason. Robin Leonard's had enough uh, injuries. Like he's he's had enough enough time time off. We're not talking about Robin Leonard. Oh, he's played 55 games already, right? 
That's it's sort of not, last year when he traded time with Flurry. Right. So it's it's not like you're it's not like you're managing a season long workload. It's a very short term. Hey, we need you to play every other day for the next two weeks, and then that one time we go back to back. And I think that's what they're going to do yeah. is let it ride with Robin Leonard. So you're talking about Leonard being back. Five of these six top defensemen, if they were healthy, that they would be starting are back. And we're looking at the top three lines, having at least two players that you would expect to be on your top three lines. Still missing names, but they've got well six legitimate forwards in the lineup. If DeBoer said two, three weeks ago, when a lot of these guys were still out, they had enough on the ice, then they have enough ice on oh. the ice right now, for sure. Yes. Remember that? Two or three weeks ago, we should have enough, we should have had enough, and you had all these guys on IR. Well, if that's the case, then you should have enough now to make a run and, and get in the playoffs. Yes, absolutely. Now... It's a small sample size. It's nine games. They've got to go play three straight in Canada here. Like, it's not exactly easy. And it's very it's very easy to see them not winning enough to pass L.A. Because it's, it's nine games, right? If you have a couple of bad game stretches or if you go to Vancouver and Thatcher Dimko is just like, I'm not letting you score again. If that happens again, then, yeah, that, that can be the reason you lose, even if you play well down the stretch. But the talent should be there to catch up. And I'm pretty sure the Kings, other than Colorado, play all non-playoff teams. So if really? That's, I, I believe so. So if that's, that's the case, rough. then the Golden Knights are going to have to play well. Yeah. I, ben Ghost told me that yesterday, that the Kings, I think, get Colorado, and the rest are non-playoff teams. Ooh, that's pretty rough. For the Golden Knights? Yes. Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> when you're when you're talking, you have to go to Calgary and Edmonton this week or yes. whatever, and the Kings don't get to, don't have to play anybody good? They, Colorado. The, they get Colorado. Were they once. playing the Kraken four times? And who knows? And who again with Colorado? I look. I don't know the King's schedule off the top of my head, but depending on where it is, how much is Colorado playing down the stretch? Right, Colorado, I'm like yeah, I mean, good. Yeah, we like the Kings. We like the Kings. <laughs> we won't play anybody. If you're Colorado, you're like, yeah, we'd rather the Kings be in than the Golden exactly. Knights. Exactly. Yes. That team could get healthy on accident, <laughs> and all of a sudden we got to beat them. We didn't beat them last year, so yeah, we're gonna they they. The Avalanche should throw the game against the Kings. Oh, absolutely. They should throw it. 4-1, Kings, move on. What, what's their, hold on, what's their actual standings as far as getting, like, the overall, they've already got the overall one seed, right? Oh, they've yeah. had, they're 13 points out of Calgary. They, yeah, that's, so they have the one seed. Basically, they, they can still blow it, but that's almost unblowable at this point. So, they should throw the game against the Kings. 100% throw that game. And they should be calling everybody that plays the Kings saying, yeah, throw this. Look at the Kings on the night that the uh, Golden Knights have to go into Vancouver. The Kings have to go into Chicago. They're <sighs> going to start this run of, like, playing teams that have no business out there and don't so really have anything totally, to play for. The Golden Knights are playing Vancouver, who's not very good. And the Kings play somebody worse. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they're pretty, Vancouver's pretty good the other night. <laughs> Ooh, oh, Vancouver. Last week, their playoff odds were 1.1%. They have skyrocketed to 5.6%. They keep winning. Yes, they can't stop. They keep stop. winning. They can't stop winning. They're going on the worst winning streak in team history because it's just going to make them draft higher next year <laughs> or in the draft this summer. That's all it's doing. They're not actually going to make the playoffs. They're just going to guarantee themselves the worst possible draft pick they can have. All right, coming up next. We'll stick with hockey as Ken Bulky from Vegas joins the show. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Joining us now from Vegas is Ken Bulky. Good morning, Ken. What time Ken, did you get up? How are you? Oh, I set my alarm for this. I've been up for about six minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that long? Perfect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a little early for this. All right. All right, we're, I, I got you a, a legitimate hockey question to start to wake you up here. Ooh. There's nine games left in the season. Do the Golden now that Max Pacioretty is back? 
should it, is it fair to say this team has enough talent in the lineup to be better than the LA Kings? Yes, definitely. Okay. Is that going to work out well for them? Are they going to actually catch the LA Kings because they have more talent than them? That is a little bit trickier because the schedules do not line up nearly as well as they did. What would it look like about two weeks ago when the golden Knights were winning all their games? I think even the most talented golden Knights team has a little bit of a challenge here because of the schedule and the teams they're playing. And if you look at the Kings schedule, they play literally no one in their last eight. They have Colorado and then everyone else is horrible. I was going to say, it looks like they play Anaheim seven times and Seattle yeah. one, so it's not very good. Uh, Chicago <laughs> exactly. a couple times. Um, Ken, how much does a, uh, a Pacioretty back, we saw him score. Uh, now, other than Stone, those top six look like it was going to be the top six. Um, him on the third line yesterday. So how much difference does he really make? I need to see more of what he's going to be because he has been – Sometimes he's come back from these injuries and he's been lights out. And then other times he's come back from these injuries and he just doesn't look himself. I didn't think he looked very good in that first game. I very rarely try and judge a guy after one game after they've been off for as long as these guys have been off. So you want to give them a little bit of time, but an injured, but playing Max Pacioretty is much different than a healthy and playing Max Pacioretty. I'm not sure which one we have yet. So at the moment, I don't know with whether he's going to make a difference or not. I mean, an injured but playing Max Pacioretty is better than the majority of players they played the last month of the season, though. Right, but an injured but playing Max Pacioretty doesn't make the difference that most people are expecting him to make. He's basically a little bit better than the players that have been playing as opposed to what he should be, which is massively better. Do you think Mark Stone plays before the regular season ends? Yes, and I think it's fairly soon, maybe even as soon as the next one. How do they make that work with long-term IR and the salary cap? So it is possible if literally everyone else injured currently goes on LTIR and then they send both LeCision and Ronbier back down to the AHL, they would be somewhere in the ballpark of 300,000 short. Then it comes down to whether the NHL is going to allow that. Are they going to allow them to have six players on long-term IR that are all necessary out to be out for the rest of the season? I don't know. Well, eight game, nine games left. That you could be out for the season pretty easily, right? That's an easy argument. Yeah, but then it gets real tricky because there's nine games left, and by rule, if any player gets hurt starting right now, as of last game, you cannot put that player on LTIR. So once Max Pacioretty came off LTIR, he can't go back on now. So if they put all those players on LTIR, they're all out for their 10 and 24, but no one else can join. So they'd probably have to play short moving forward if anyone else were to get injured. Oh, so Kelly McCrimmon was just preparing him last year for this. That actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> they played with 15 one time and it didn't go so well. Actually, they played pretty good in that game, but they lost. If they can't do any of that, would they have to move someone? What, what, what would be the next move if they can't do what you're saying? Yeah, it's that, or you could potentially waive somebody. Like If they were to waive a Dodonoff, that would save $1.2 million. Anybody else you waive could save $1.2 million. You could, you know, Mac, or Nolan Patrick's one they could potentially do. Rassois, potentially, they could do. So th there are options. Will they score a power play goal before the season ends? Yes. 
accidentally, but yeah. <laughs> Can you? All right. There, this year, maybe get away with it because of how many injuries there have been and the guys that have actually been playing, Keegan Colasar, on the power play throughout the year. But it's not like it was just a this year problem. What's the number one issue with the Golden Knights power play the last couple of seasons? I think it's movement. It's both puck movement and player movement. It's just too slow. Like, even with Eichel coming in, and I feel a little bit better now when the puck's on Eichel's stick and he's kind of standing there surveying because he will make the tricky pass and do the right things. Most of these guys, they get the puck on their stick, wait, and then make the simplest pass, and it's very predictable what's going to happen. Just around the outside over and over and over again, and it lane never opens up. And then to fix that problem, if you don't have players that can make that pass, you have to move players around. So you have to switch where different guys are, and they just don't do that. They're all in their normal spots. They just will not switch. We saw a little bit of it with Marcheseau going down into the low slot, and he would pop back out or go underneath the goal line. We saw a tiny bit of it in the last game. But for the most part, everybody, you know where they're going to be, and the puck doesn't move fast enough for them to all be in the same position. So they need either player movement or puck movement or both. I've got a trivia question for you. Can you name the top five forwards in terms of minutes played on the power play this season for the Golden Knights? Okay. So Jonathan Marcheseau. He is in the top five. Um, Chandler Stevenson. He is in the top five. Nick Wah. Oh, that's the tricky one. He is also in the top five. Um, oh, this is where I'm, 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 there's a couple of different options that could potentially be there. <laughs> I'm going to go Eichel. Jack Eichel is not in the top five. He Ooh. is actually, he is oh, actually still on. behind Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty. Yeah. All right. But you got Wah. That was a tricky one. There's two more. Yeah. And and then Nick Wah is bad on the power play, <laughs> like, like bad. I don't understand that one. And like I get why they have to do it, but like you got to give giving a Matteo a shot or give some, I, I don't know. Uh, uh, so the, I, there's two more. Yeah, you you want to keep guessing? You want me to give you the names? Well, William Carlson's got to be on. There. He is number five. Yes, and you, the one you're missing is the guy who has actually played the most minutes on the power play among all forwards. Trying to think of people who haven't been hurt. I'll I'll give you a hint that will probably give it away. He's only missed two games, and neither of those was because of an injury. It's Colazar then. No, it's the it's the guy they traded, Daddy. Oh, did, yeah. Okay, yeah. I I I I keep thinking he's not on the team anymore because <laughs> since they traded him, he's been terrible. But he scored twice, and everybody got all excited. He was a minus four in the game. He hit the game winner, by the way. Daddy had a breakaway. Goals are important, Ken. That's uh, all that matters. You're on here saying Max Pacioretty's not playing well. He scored, Ken. He scored. That You can't say he didn't Pacioretty play Pacioretty well. did score. Can't he say. did also score against the Coyotes, which a lot of guys score in the AHL, I mean, too. Technically, they had an NHL jersey on. They did. It was nice, too. I love those jerseys. <laughs> Ken, we talked about it before you came on. If until they're out of a playoff or they've clinched the playoff, is Robin Leonard in every night, including back-to-backs? No, I think on the back-to-back they'll go back to Thompson, but I think he'll play all the other ones as long as he's healthy. So you or think how close as healthy as he is right now? You think 
presuming here season on the line, right? If they're in that back-to-back, it's the second and third to last games of the year. Presumably they could be in a lose and you're done situation. They're going to Logan Thompson, who at that point wouldn't have played in like three weeks. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, you're probably, you're probably right. If, if that game is an absolute must win, which looking at where it is, it's almost certainly going to have to be by that point. Yeah, they probably would. I mean, it is Chicago, so they could probably get away with it. But yeah, they, you're probably right. Uh, does or who does Bill Foley fire if they, in fact, miss the playoffs? No one. Really? You think he looks yeah, at right. it and says, yep, injuries, that's what got us. Everybody's coming back because we're still going to be good. Yep. Yep. I think, and, I, and I think part of it is because of where they're going to land on points. And that's like, they're going to have more points than they had the second season. And they're going to have more points than they've had either of these last two seasons, despite that being a horrible stat and completely ridiculous because they didn't play as many games, but they are going to have more points <laughs> than that. So they're going to excuse it away as saying, look how close we were with all of our injuries. I'm, I think it's a little bit ridiculous to act like all of this was a hundred percent injury based. So I think they, they got to kind of look at themselves in the mirror if they miss here, but no, I don't think anyone goes. Who looks harder? I think it should be management. I would agree with you. I, I, if anyone should get credit for them holding it all together, it should not be the depth of the team. I think we've proven that the depth of the team is basically nothing that, you know, the coach has at least gotten them through some of this. He's lost them a couple of times there, that one road trip. But, I mean, th- there's an argument for both. I think it's pretty fair to say the power place, we talked about it earlier, it's still a disaster. That has to fall on the coach. You're telling me they're on 84 points right now. If they get three more, it'll be the third most points they've had as an organization. You're telling me Bill Foley's going to look at this and say, hey, third best season in team history. we got to bring these guys back. I'm saying when they get if if they how many points did you just say they're going to get three? All they need is three to to surpass the third year where they only got 86. I'm saying they're going to surpass the second year, so they're going to get past 93. Yeah, okay, so it could be the second best. Yeah, they need nine points to yeah. tie the second best. So it'll be now, the second best year ever. Correct. Wow. Which is stupid. Don't say that. Why? Well, it is. Stupid. No, don't, no, it I is. I know, but don't let people hear that and think Wait. that that's real. We're we're yeah. ignoring that they played fifty six last year and seventy one. We're completely ignoring that. That's irrelevant. And almost got ninety three points last year. They sh- probably should have. They lost the number of games they shouldn't have lost. They only no. lost like seven times. Well, wasn't eighteen nineteen where they finished third and like seven points yeah. free of Arizona? Yeah, that was ninety three. Okay, is that the closest they've kind of been to what they're going through now? That team, that team was not very good for about two months to start the season. Nate Schmidt was suspended. Then they were mediocre to pretty good in the middle of the season. They got really good right before the trade deadline, traded for Stone, didn't lose a game for about three weeks, and then decided, oh, we're locked into third. Let's quit. They went 1-6-1 and one down the stretch. So they were easy at a hundred, but they decided we're definitely finishing in third. Let's prepare for that first game. And then they lost five, nothing in that first game. And then the rest of the series, <laughs> Jared has a sounder for this is really the first time they've scoreboard watched. Oh yeah. It's not even, yeah. They've never been in this situation at all. But what I'm saying is if they are to get say 10 points, which is not going to be enough. If they land on 94, it's not going to be enough. I think even 96 or 97 may not even be enough. 
they're going to feel like we were in the fight for 82 games. Mm-hmm. We were right there. If one game or two games goes our way, which it would have if we had Mark Stone or Max Pacioretty or Jack Eichel was healthy earlier, they're going to feel like they were right there and could have gotten in. I just, I personally believe that even if they get in, they're not that good. So (laughs) what does it even mean if you get in? And also, like, if you don't get in in the playoffs in the NHL, you are terrible. All the teams that miss the playoffs are terrible. Like, that is just a simple fact. Like, half the teams get in. You're not even in the half. Well, he's Ken Volke from (laughs) Sinbin.Vegas. Go back to sleep, Ken. Do we have any good racing chickens or do they all suck? No, they're all terrible. All right. We need people to start buying them. Yeah, come buy our bad chickens. Thanks, everybody. He's Ken from Vegas. Go back to sleep. I will. Okay. So there's Ken Bulky. Uh, I absolutely love that. 100% the idea that if they get 10 more points, they will have the second most points in team history at 94. Yeah, because 1819 was 93, right? It was 93. And then the next two years, they didn't play 82 They didn't play 82 They played 71 in the the first COVID year, and then they played 56 last year when the NHL had to compress everything and play a shortened schedule. I love that. 94 points, look around and say, "Ah, second best year in team history. (laughs) How are you going to fire us? Yeah, but we said that early or last week at some point also that we just don't think anyone's he's he's going to use i don't want to say the excuse he's going to use the reasoning of the injuries yes because it's he's easy going to do it's that. easy to especially like ken said if you're close you look at it and say well yeah. if we hadn't lost everybody yes. this year we clearly would have made the playoffs and that's a hell of a more that's a hell of a moral victory that's more than what unlv does for moral victories I'm, in football it's also kind of accurate <laughs> like i've there were guys on this team that yeah, we literally yeah, had to yeah. Google, how do you pronounce his name? And then he was sent back down to the right. NHL. But that's an excuse for making the playoffs. And at no point in time was this team's goal to simply make the playoffs. No, it was to win the like, that 100%. Is, that is lowering right the bar to what's almost yes. the lowest possible hey, bar you can have. As a person who tries to keep the bar on the ground, <laughs> I I appreciate the the, the mentality. Coming up next, who's ready for Ben Simmons in the playoffs? It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Tremendous question. Unbelievable question. The best um, <laughs> you will be fired. Uh, Woj says you're getting fired. Uh, what have about, you heard? In about 30 minutes. Woj, who knows more than your GM yes. or owner, says you're getting fired. Terrific question. What have you heard, though? Like, have you heard you're getting fired? Did you see, though? Austin Reeves had a 30-point triple-double for the Lakers last night. I did not see that. Yes. yes. Undrafted rookie, 30-point triple-double. Meanwhile, they let Russell Westbrook take, like, the most shots on the team this Is year. Is he part of the role players who will come back next year? I Probably. He probably just earned his would. spot yes. with that game. I would think he would. And honestly makes you look back and say, would the Lakers be in a play-in game if they had simply given all of Russell Westbrook's minutes to Austin, Austin Reeves? Reeves. Things would have gone much, much better. And because of how our uh, sound system is cute, I literally read Austin Rivers. All right, Austin Rivers. Austin Rivers. How, how many points did Austin Rivers put up? And then I looked again and went, oh, Reeves. So I was like, God. Here's a question for you. Who plays more postseason games? Ben Simmons or Luka Doncic? Luka Doncic. You feel confident on that? I feel pretty confident on that. All right. He is got ben hurt Simmons, yesterday. Yeah, he got hurt. But is uh, Ben Simmons going to finally play? 
So Sham Sharnia tweeted that there's optimism that Ben Simmons could play in the playoffs. Uh, He missed the entirety of the regular season. The Nets are the seven seed. They're going to play the eight seed Cavs in uh, that play in game. If they win, they get the seven seed Mm -hmm. in the NBA playoffs. Uh, If they lose, they'll have to win a second game to be the eight seed, be the eight seed. But assuming they go at least one and one, the Nets are going to be into the actual postseason here. And the reason I ask you that is because the Nets are your pick to come out yeah. of the East. <laughs> if the Nets actually I'm not win, going back on that. If they actually win on a run, like imagine they get they get the two seed or the seven seed, they up they pull off an upset and they're in the second round of the playoffs. Right, everybody's going to be afraid of the Nets at that point. If Ben Simmons comes back at some point in the first round, and this team goes to the Eastern Conference Finals. He's probably playing more games than Luca simply because the Mavs are going to get knocked out at least in round two. I still say Luca Doncic. I, I want to see Ben Simmons on the floor when I believe. It. I'll okay. believe it when I see Ben Simmons on the floor. Well, believe. I've heard, so I've heard this. I've he's heard basically this Bigfoot at the moment. Is what yes, you're saying. I've heard this before. And yes, when, when he is. you he's see Bigfoot. Bigfoot, he's Bigfoot. When I see Bigfoot come out of the <laughs> come out of the tunnel, dressed and going through layup lines, then I believe Bigfoot is actually there. Yes, because he's he's been, he was on the floor in warmups their second to last game or something like that. He might have been on Sunday. I wasn't paying attention to the Nets game, but he was on the floor in warmups for like their second to last game. So like. He exists, but he hasn't existed in an actual game yet. This he's season. Schrodinger's basketball player. He he's both alive and dead at the same time. I I think the answer to that question is Ben Simmons. Okay. All I right. think the Nets are winning a first round playoff matchup and playing in the they're second round. They're beating Boston. I think they're beating Boston and going to the second round. Wow. Giving That's him a hot take. Giving him a whole nother series to play games. That's where a hot take. The Mavericks probably beat Utah as well, but if Luka's not 100%, the Mavericks probably aren't beating Utah. So, there's your hot take. Ben Simmons is going to play more postseason games than Luka Doncic. That might be the worst prediction I've ever made. I will not be accepting any bets on anybody's behalf of this. They're going to shoot up that calf and tape up Luka, and he's going to be out there. Shoot up the calf. Yeah. Tape him up. Tape him you up. Tape up a calf? Yeah, tape him up. a little high up the leg, tape it isn't up. it? Tape the whole thing up.